Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to episode 18. I'm so happy that you're here. Very grateful for you for tuning in. And I've had a busy few months, so I'm recording this in the summer of 2019. And in the past couple months, I've taken on a bunch of new clients, and I've been really busy in my practice, working mostly with women with hormonal imbalances, PCOS, thyroid conditions, and women with estrogen dominance. So this has been what I've been living and breathing, uh, good nutrition for hormonal imbalances in the past few months. And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to be working with amazing clients and amazing women who are really making big strides towards getting healthier. So I love my job. I always get excited about talking about nutrition and talking about health, especially for women. What I wanted to talk about today is getting your mindset right first. Before you get started with weight loss, there are a few things to dial in before you get started on the emotional, psychological, cognitive side. Whatever you want to call it, I'm talking about what goes on in your head. What you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're telling yourself is going to determine how successful we are. And the reason that I wanted to talk about it today is that I've seen it in my practice very recently. Some of the new clients that I took on were off to a really strong start and we've been able to develop amazing plans for them for weight loss and get their emotional eating under control, balance out the hormones so they can feel better both physically and mentally. And also, and this is probably most important, Get them excited that they've finally found an eating routine that feels normal and feels doable and feels sustainable. Most of the people who come to work with me have been burned by diets before in one way or another. This is very common. For some of them, they may have been on a Weight, weight Watchers type plan or a low carb type plan on their own, and they felt okay, but they just didn't lose a meaningful amount. And then some of the other women have lost a lot of weight, but then they always see this rebound weight gain and they feel very defeated and frustrated that they weren't able to keep progress going. This, by the way, usually happens because of one of two reasons. The person either jumped on a strict plan very quickly, and keto is one that comes to mind here, and since it was too hard to follow, they ended up falling off and the weight came back on very quickly. Or they may have followed a solid plan that's not a fad, but here's where things got hard. They didn't really do the inner work to prepare for what losing weight for good really means. And that is what I'd like to talk about today. This is something that's a little bit different than most of the other episodes I've done. And if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'd like to give very actionable tips and step-by-step instructions for you to lose weight, to really help you with the action steps that you need to take. And I try to keep fluff out as much as possible. I want you to be able to walk away after listening to an episode, knowing exactly what you need to do to do better than yesterday 
to move yourself closer to being healthy and getting your weight where you want it to be. And today's episode is no different. So this is going to sound a little bit more on the emotional side, but it isn't fluff. It's all about mindset. We're going to talk a lot about what the mental foundation for weight loss looks like. Because no matter what plan you follow, if your head is not in the right place and you have a good amount of weight to lose and keep off, your food plan can only take you so far. The best food plan cannot fix what goes on in our head. It's just not going to overcome those emotions and the food plan cannot help you deal with the things that happen on the more psychological aspect. So there are going to be times when you're going to doubt yourself. If you're losing weight, you're going to doubt the process, you're going to doubt the plan, and you're going to doubt whether or not it's even working anymore. Those are the times you're going to need to rely on your mindset. What goes on in your head is going to matter a whole lot when the going gets tough. And you can be sure that it will. It will happen. You will hit those hard spots. You will hit those rough patches. So you're going to have challenges and things are not going to always feel fun and easy. Most of the time they won't actually. And what I've seen recently is that the tough times are the times where people who did the work and set themselves up for success with how they think, those people keep on going with just as much motivation and consistency and get through the hard parts. The ones that jumped into it too quickly or don't really understand what it takes to lose weight tend to have a big missing element that's a little bit like building a house without setting the foundation in the ground first. That house will be up, it will be standing, but eventually it won't be able to sustain itself. And I've seen a mix of both in the past few months, which just further confirmed to me that this is a key step that really no one can skip. No matter how well educated you are about food, and I have to admit, some of my clients know just as much, if not more than me, about food. Some of my clients have lost weight enough times and have read enough books to be pretty educated about nutrition. But it doesn't matter how much weight you've previously lost, you gotta do the work Internally, you got to be able to spend time working on your thoughts and your feelings before you ever start on a meal plan. You have to spend time thinking about how you think and what you believe regarding weight loss and your own mindset when you're making such big life changes. This is super important. So today I'd like to talk about what a good foundation for weight loss looks like and I'm going to share some tough love. So please know that whenever I say something that comes off as a bit strong or harsh, it's because I know it to be 100% true. And I know that hearing it can help many of my listeners to move from contemplating weight loss to taking action. And that's the best way for me to serve you and provide value. So when I say these things, it comes from a good place and from my best intentions to help you wherever you currently are in the weight loss journey to propel forward. So the way I'd like to go about it is talk about three main pillars that I believe need to be in place, meaning you've fully embraced these beliefs before you decided to change eating and lose the weight. Thinking about these mindset shifts, the three pillars that I'm going to share with you today can really prepare you mentally and emotionally 
to the journey of weight loss and all its ups and downs. And if you've been at it for a while, you know the mindset piece is critical. So let's dive into the three pillars of the weight loss mindset. First and foremost, we're going to start with number one, and that is owning your decision. Owning your decision really has a few layers. So I'm going to break it down and tell you exactly what it means to own your decision. First, if you've decided to lose weight, be all in. This doesn't mean that you're becoming obsessed about healthy eating and being super strict, not at all. It means that you're committed with every fiber of your being to be better today than you were yesterday. Whatever that may look like for you, it's going to be a little bit different for every person. But what's important here is that you are committed to being all in every single day. And for some people, that's not the case. Someone who comes to me, and I've had a client like this in the past couple of weeks, and she said, you know what, I'm going to be really good during the week, and then I'll be off on the weekends. You think that's going to work? Because those are really hard for me. The weekends are really hard for me. No, I don't think that's going to work. This type of thinking will hinder your success. It's not really about what you eat on the weekends. It's not about whether you have three, four drinks or not. What's concerning me here is that this person has an off and on mentality around weight loss. They're either in it or they're out of it. They're never really fully embracing it as their new lifestyle. They're not really embracing the new eating plan as just who they are and what they do. They're either, it's kind of like being in character or out of character. On the weekends, I'm this person, but during the week, I'm another type of person. That's never gonna work. That shows me that that person is not owning the process. They're not fully committed and they're extreme on both ends. They're they're extreme on the weekends and they're extreme on the weekdays. They're over-restricting and they're trying to be good and then they're bad then they're not restricting at all. Then all bets are off and it's a free-for-all. That's the kind of problem that I see here. The on and off mentality is extreme and it's disrespectful for your body on both ends. The other thing to notice here is that this person just assumes that weekends are hard and I can understand why. I don't need an explanation as to why someone may think that weekends are hard. But again, if you're owning your decision to lose weight, I don't want you to assume anything. I want you to stop looking at what happened in the past as if it's the fate of your future. You're going on a weight loss journey to change your life, right? To change the way things have been. How can you do that if you continue to assume what happened before will happen again and again? Do you see that? So being all in and owning your decision means that you're not already feeling defeated by going out on a weekend. You're not already assuming that you won't make it through a social situation without eating all the things. The second layer to owning it is that whatever you ate, take responsibility for that choice, no matter if it were healthy or not. No one ever says that their husband made them eat salad or that their friend tempted them with her hard-boiled egg snack, right? But we're so quick to say this when the choice was unhealthy, when we feel weak. But the reality is, it was still my choice. I still made that decision. I had another option. And if I didn't, it means I planned poorly, which we'll talk about next. But remember, 
You must own it, all of it. You have a choice every single time you eat and every single time you think about food. You can't regain control of your weight if you always feel like a victim to a certain situation or you feel victimized by a person who's eating next to you. When I have people tell me that their husband sabotages them or that they feel surrounded by food at work or at home and that's why they can't lose the weight, I call BS on that. I'd be perfectly okay with someone saying they're choosing to get a bagel from the break room or that they've chosen to eat ice cream right out of the tub on the couch with their spouse. I have no problem with that. That's actually proof that they're owning it. But what I'm not cool with is someone telling me that they had no choice. You always have a choice. You can always make your own decision. Once you start owning your choices, you'll start seeing them change for the better. You'll start seeing yourself choosing things that will actually get you closer to feeling good about your eating habits and meeting your goals. When we're feeling like our eating is out of our control and when we're eating as a result of some external factor and not from our own volition, from our own decision-making process, we're never going to learn to change the pattern. Because when we feel weak and vulnerable, we disown the choice. Once you start owning the process, owning your decision, owning your choice, you'll be empowered to make most of your choices good and healthy. And you can start doing this right now by deciding what is the one thing you can commit to right now as you're listening to this? What's the one behavior or choice that you can improve upon and really own? Perhaps it's deciding to stop bringing trigger foods into your personal space. So you're committing to shopping differently and keeping a safer food environment in your home or your office desk or even your car or your purse. And you take ownership of the fact that if you bring something into your house or into that personal space, you're agreeing to eating it. That means owning your choice. By purchasing something that you know is a trigger food for you, you're saying, I am deciding to eat this because I'm bringing this into my personal space. Think about that. Let's move on to talking about pillar number two, which is always be planning. One of the ways that you can really own your choices is by planning. So these pillars also build upon each other. Having a plan to follow will not only give you a roadmap to where you're headed, it's also going to build your confidence, which is very important. So what am I referring to when I'm talking about a plan? What I'm referring to is an eating style, a set of habits, or a new routine that's well-defined, that's truly healthy, of course, and that can be sustained for life. Meaning you should be able to see yourself following this plan or following this exact set of habits 10 or 20 years from now. Think about it. Not many of the current diets and the current fads that are out there are going to be meeting this criteria. So it's really a very important one because if you have PCOS or if you have a thyroid condition or if you just have a significant amount of weight to lose, it's probably going to take your entire life to manage that. It's a lifelong condition. So you want something that's going to be not a two, three month plan. It's going to be a lifelong plan. So how do you find that plan? How do you know exactly what it is? One of the things that you want to do is start small. The best plans 
build over time. They don't start off being all fancy and have multiple layers. They are not elaborate and they don't have too many bells and whistles. They're simple. So you want to start small because if you don't, it can lead to overwhelm. Starting small means that you're focusing on one thing at a time and you're really mastering that before moving to the next food or the next behavior that you want to add. The point is that you always have a goal and you're following a predetermined plan to reach it, but let it be easy and keep it very simple. For example, you may want a plan to increase the number of salads you eat this week from two to four. That's a very small manageable goal. Very simple example. After doing this for a couple weeks, you add ordering something healthier when you eat out every Saturday night. So you're, you're going to practice that for a couple of weeks. And that builds over time. So you're building, eating more salads, then you're adding a layer of ordering out in a healthier way, then you're adding a layer of hydrating better. What I think most people don't understand is that plans that have a lot of those gadgets and gimmicks and bells and whistles, and they seem so far different than what you're doing now, they don't necessarily work better. So you don't want the biggest, most dramatic change to your lifestyle right off the bat. You want to build it gradually because ultimately you're going to have to keep all these balls in the air. If you're starting out juggling five balls, there's a much higher chance that you're going to drop one. Whereas if you start with just two, that's a little bit more manageable, right? It's perfectly fine to start simple. There is no shame in anyone's game when it comes to weight loss. And as you get more experienced in this, you'll get fancier and your plan will have some more details and be more richer as far as what you're doing and the layers that it has. Slowly but surely, you're going to discover the eating style that works for you. And that bigger plan that you're following to keep losing weight will take shape over time. You just have to be consistent with it and let it be easy, let it be simple. So you wanna take your time and if you're just getting started, don't worry if you haven't thought about any of this. This is why you're here listening to this episode. The key here is that having a weekly or even a daily plan where you're working on one or two key things really means that you've made a decision and you're in charge. It changes your mindset for the better and it can keep you excited about the whole process of weight loss, which is often hard to to do. The way I advise all my clients to get started with planning is to spend five or seven minutes in the morning each day to plan their food and their other healthy activities for the next 24 hours. The benefits of this are multiple, but the main ones is, are that you're committing to a very short period of time. You get a fresh start every morning and you can really build the plan based on your schedule, your food, what you have on hand, and what kind of mood you're in as far as eating. Some days you'll eat more, some days you'll eat less, some days you'll need more snacks, some days you'll plan to eat out. In the beginning, the exact meals that go into the plan do not matter so, so much. The main purpose of the plan is to give you a more organized way to think about food, to give you an opportunity to think ahead about choices. Very few people plan to go to the vending machine that stuff is usually more impulsive. So just by making the plan, your choices may change right away. 
And most importantly, the plan will also train you to stick with what you've decided, to honor your choices. Every time you put something on your plan, you've chosen to eat it. You made a choice and you've agreed to include this food in your plan. I have no problem with someone putting a bag of potato chips on their plan every single day in the beginning. The key to this is to stick with exactly what's on the plan and make it as reasonable and as conducive to weight loss as possible. Once you get in the habit of keeping that plan and doing it every single day, you're going to find that you're more motivated to make healthier choices and stick with them. What we don't want is for someone to write a plan out and then not eat 80% of what's on there. A big part of planning is practicing to stick with it and be loyal to your own plan. That's really the key here. That's what's going to change your mindset. Let's move on to talking about the third pillar that's so important, and that is accepting who you are right now. Accepting yourself the way you are, and notice I didn't say love yourself because I know that that's sometimes hard. It's sometimes easier for people to go to something neutral first. So accepting who we are is a good neutral place to start, especially since we're going to be less than perfect a lot of the time in weight loss, and we want to embrace that. There is no room for shame or guilt around eating when you're focused on bigger things like getting healthier. So I always tell people, don't wait until you lose the weight to like yourself, to accept yourself, to be at peace with who you are. You want to do that now because that's going to actually help you in the weight loss process. The negative emotions will only hold you back. No one has ever regained all their weight since they had ice cream one time. It's not how this works, but plenty of people regain their weight Since they had ice cream one time and then they told themselves that they're a failure and they're so guilty and they can't stick with anything and then they completely fell off their plan because of how they spoke to themselves. What they told themselves derailed them. You want to accept that you're going to make some decisions that you don't love. That's going to happen sometimes and you have to be okay with it because it's part of the process. So instead of making those choices that you didn't love the center of how you see yourself, you want to highlight the things that you're doing well and do more of those. It's not most people's nature to do this, and this is why I'm mentioning it, but those who do this rise to the top. Those people who can really truly embrace who they are with our faults and with our imperfections and all. Those are the people who truly transform their life because they know that they can be better. And I've spoken here before about the emotional bank. Make sure you listen to that episode because having a full emotional bank is step number one to accepting ourselves right now. When you fill up your emotional bank and accept who you are before you lose the weight, not after, you start enjoying the process of weight loss because you now know that you're doing something wonderful for yourself. And if your emotional bank is full, you love yourself. You want to treat yourself well. You want to always be better. You deserve it. That's the kind of talk that goes on in your head when your emotional bank is fuller. Make sure you go listen to that episode with Janine Miles about filling up your emotional bank. It was a good one. Another part of accepting yourself right now is that 
you need to understand you're on your way to being better at this. You're not quite there yet, but you're well on your way. You've already embarked on the journey. And figuring out your unique path to weight loss, how exactly you're going to get there and what you want is coming. It's in the process of of happening. It's already on its way. You just have to accept that you're making those steps every single day. And the only thing that you could be doing is continuing the journey and keeping on moving forward. Because what's the alternative? If we're not accepting ourselves, that usually means that we're rejecting who we are, that we don't like who we are. And that's not a good place to be. When we're rejecting who we are right now, it's hard to believe that we can ever be better, that we can ever be different. It's hard to believe that things can ever look any other way that they do now because self-rejection is very hopeless. It's a very hopeless place to be. So I encourage you to put a different pair of glasses on when you're thinking about yourself and just accepting how things are right now without giving the facts too much of an emotional interpretation. You also want to highlight the good. You want to highlight the progress. It's there. You just need to turn up the volume on that stuff. And again, this needs to happen before weight loss. This reminds me of a uh, motivational speaker that I listened to a few years back at a conference. His name was Marcus Buckingham. And one of the things that he said really stuck with me. The theme of his talk was putting your strengths to work. And what he was saying is that it's human nature to really emphasize our weaknesses. So we're really good at highlighting what we're bad at. That's our natural tendency. For example, if you had a report card or your child got a report card where it said you had five A minuses and two Bs and one C or one D in math, you'd say, wow, I really need to get better at math. I really need to hire a tutor for that. And you'd spend a lot of energy and resources to bring that grade up. That's just what we do, right? But what he was saying is that that's the wrong way to look at things. What we would be better off doing is looking at the A minuses and picking the one or two topics that we're really passionate about and working on becoming a master at that, working at becoming an A plus student in that. So you really perfect your skills in that one area Instead of trying to get your C up to a B, which is good, but not excellent. The point is, don't spend time trying to be great at everything. We want to accept that we'll do certain things well and other things not that well. And we're just going to run with that. We're just going to be at peace with that. So you may never be an avid gym goer, and that's perfectly fine. Accept who you are right now. Don't focus on your weak areas. And find the one or two things that you can do right now that feel really good, that feel natural to you, that you're already feeling comfortable with, and just work on mastering those. Sometimes that's enough for weight loss. Sometimes you don't need the full package of things or to do everything that other people are doing in order to see results. Simple, small steps are usually enough, but you have to be able to accept yourself and have the other two pillars in place because they're all equally important for success. So we spoke about owning your decisions, always having a plan, and loving yourself or accepting yourself the way you are before you lose the weight. 
I really hope today's episode has helped you to shift your mindset a little bit and see things with a little bit of a more positive approach when it comes to weight loss. Believe me, if you work on these three things alone, you're going to be ahead of the game. You're going to be able to see much better results. You're going to feel more motivated and you're going to stay positive throughout the whole journey. So it's really important to put in the effort because you're going to see rewards from this investment of time and energy farther down the line. I would really love to hear your thoughts and comments about today's episode. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at Daphna underscore Chazen. And if you'd be so kind and leave me a review in iTunes, I'd be so appreciative. I'll be here again next Monday with a new episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can get alerts when a new episode is out. Be well until next time. And I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.